Hello there, friend. Welcome back to the Cash Confidence Stylist Podcast. So before we get into this episode, I got a question for you. How often do you ask yourself, where the hell is my money going? Okay, look, a lot of us, that runs in a constant loop in our mind. And it's time to take your first step towards financial empowerment. So I wanted to give you a free resource that is going to help you do just that. I wanna give you Assess Your Situation, which is the first module in my course, as well as your guide to figuring out where the fuck your money is actually going. Sorry if you have kids in the car. So this is gonna be a free guide that I've created to help you break the loops, providing you with tools to assess your current financial situation. You don't even have to break out the calculator and to help you gain awareness about what you actually need to start making those money moves where it truly matters. So go ahead and scroll all the way down to the bottom of the show notes and snag it. The link is down there um, and enjoy this episode. Let me know how assessing your situation goes. Thanks friends. You're listening to Backroom Beauty Talks, a real, raw, and unedited podcast for hairstylists. Here, we dive deep into topics that go far beyond the chair. I'm your host, Misty Jane, and I'm a money coach for stylists who want more out of their lives. I help you enhance your mindset around money, get out of debt, and create a life of peace. I'm on a mission to normalize the wealthy stylist while creating a safe space to be perfectly imperfect. Want to join me? You're in the right place. Hello there, friends. Welcome to Backroom Beauty Talks. Today, I have my friend Lauren Mack on the podcast. You can find her on Instagram at Lauren Mack Does My Hair. So Lauren is a stylist in New Jersey. She is 32 years old and she is battling lymphoma. The beautiful part of Lauren and her story is her battle with cancer is showing her that there is kind of this hole um, in the industry around the topic of hair loss. And I think that what she is talking about is so important because I know for me, and you'll hear about it a little bit more in our conversation, um, you know, I have had a client who, um, you know, has lost her hair due to um, breast cancer. And it's something that isn't talked about often. And it's, you know, it's a topic that people always have something to say, but what you say isn't always the right thing. And I absolutely love Lauren's mission. And this is a wonderful, wonderful conversation. Um, And I think there's some going to be some pretty amazing things coming from Lauren in the next couple years. So definitely follow her on Instagram. Again, it's Lauren Mac does my hair. Um, It's going to be, it's just a very important topic. And it's one that's not talked about enough. So please enjoy. And don't forget, if you like this episode, post it on the gram, tag me at Misty Jane, tag Backroom Beauty Talks, and definitely tag Lauren Mack. Enjoy. Hi, Lauren. How are you doing today? Hey, girl. What's going on? So before we get started in our chat, which I am really excited about and nervous because I feel like I'm going to (laughs) cry. Which those who are listening, you'll you'll understand probably in a few minutes. But um, before we get started, tell the people listening who you are and what you do. So, hey guys, my name is uh, Lauren Mack. I'm a hairstylist in New Jersey, and um, recently I have just explored the um, the options of making people more aware about hair loss. I recently am going through chemotherapy, um, treatments. I got diagnosed with lymphoma about eight months ago, seven months ago. And this journey has been like, so crazy to me that I feel like I have another calling in life just besides doing hair. So that's kind of where I'm at in my life. And I'm like loving the experience so far that I get to share my story. So I'm super super excited to get this opportunity. Well, you have an interesting story um, kind of in the past that kind of gave you a warning that this was going to happen, didn't you? Yes. So three years ago, I had a call from the psychic. It's like she does tarot card readings and then she elaborates on the card she pulls. 
And she predicted I was going to hair love retreat two years ago. And she predicted I was going to Greece, like within the same um, vacation. So I was like, all right, this girl is like kind of legit, but like, that was probably just like a, a good guess. And she told me like, oh, you're an educator. I said, yeah, I teach, you know, hairdressers about color. Cause that was just the time of my life. That's what I was really concentrating on. And she said, no, that. That's not like what I'm seeing. I'm seeing that you teach women about hair loss. So I'm thinking like, this bitch is crazy. Like, what do you mean? I'm like, I have no idea about hair loss. I worked a lot with, um, with Wella at the time. And Wella has a shampoo um, line called Nioxin. And it's for women who are hair thinning or hair loss. So I thought that's what she meant. So I was like, Oh, I mean, like I, in my head, I'm like, well, I work a lot with Wella. So like, it has to be like, maybe I'll be like an Nioxin educator or something. And after that, I never, I never picked up a bottle of Nioxin. So I'm just like, oh, okay. So I don't know what she was talking about. And it just like hit me after going through my journey with hair loss. I was like, oh my God, she's right. Like this girl was right on point. So I knew that was going to be my calling to help hairdressers be more aware of like when clients do sit in their chair about hair loss and then just how normal people interact with people that are losing their hair. Cause I have heard it all. Like when I tell you the comments I've heard being a hairdresser, people just assume losing my hair is totally okay for me right. because I I couldn't like, I couldn't believe, like I was talking with someone that I used to work with at a pharmacy, like, how are you feeling since your diagnosis? I said, I'm going to lose my hair. That's like, it was the most devastating part of me that I was losing. And she, oh, it's okay. Well, you're a hairdresser. You'll be fine. Mm. Like, what does that even mean? Like, just because I do hair, it's okay for me to lose my hair. Like, I don't know, like exactly like the terms, like what she like meant the origin of that, but like, that's the vibe I got. And I immediately shut down and be like, wow, no one really understands like what this is going to be like to me. Like, I feel absolutely alone in this. So I was like, I have to teach people like how to be aware when you're talking to other people and how it affects us you know, emotionally and like, it's all psych psychological oh. and I'm learning, I'm learning that little by little that like, it's not just hair. Right. And I think like, you don't know that unless you lose it. So who is going to share with you their experience? And like, how are you supposed to know? You don't know. So it's like, I want to make, that's going to be like my journey from here on out, besides working behind the chair, besides teaching hair color, I think that's going to be a good outlet for me of like such a good personal experience that I've went through. And I want to share that. Well, I love that. I mean, I, um, a couple years ago, I had a longtime client and she sends me a message and she said, are you in the salon this week? I'd like to come by. And in my mind, I'm like, she's firing me. Like, like we, you know, like she's letting me go for some reason. She wants to tell me in person, you know what I mean? Like, like in my mind, this was, it was my fault. I don't know what's happening. I'm so nervous. Well, she comes in and she has a bag of all her hair products and I'm really confused, you know? And she's like, I just didn't know if you could use these. Like, I'm not going to need them. I have breast cancer. And I just remember like hugging her, mm -hmm. you know, and crying with her. And, um, she had come in a couple more times before she actually lost her hair. Um, and we had, uh, pixied it, um, until she finally shaved it. And I just remember, like, I remember not really knowing what to say, you know? Um, and it was so emotional and it like, and it, I felt like a big part of her story. And I think that us as hairdressers kind of forget, like, you know, yes, hair is like our, our job, right? Like we, we know that we make people feel beautiful because we do their hair, but we can also make people feel just as beautiful if hair isn't their identity. Yeah. You know? um, like, I totally, totally agree with that. Well, For so sure. tell me a little bit about 
what was going through your head when you first find, found out that you were probably going to lose your hair? So when I got diagnosed, you know, I consulted a lot of friends who had uh, moms who've passed away from cancer. My mom passed away from cancer 12 years before. So I, I was at the point in my life where I was just graduating beauty school. So I gave her like this really jacked up shag haircut just because she's like, just cut it the way you want to cut it. And then like the next day, my grandma's shaving it in the kitchen because my grandma's also a hairdresser. So I was like, wow, mom, like, you even want to like rock this haircut that I gave you for like, you know, a few minutes or something. Like you just want to like shave it. Just like, it's kind of bad. I'm like, all right. But I just remember just like how emotional it was for her. And my grandma is definitely that kind of woman that like she cries for everything. So it was just like, it felt a little depressing. So I'm like, you know what? I want to, I don't want that you know, to be like the center of my attention. So I was like asking my friends, you know, like how it was like for their, their parents and all that stuff. And they basically said like, it was the worst experience of their entire life. So I talked to one of my, like doing the whole like head shaving thing in the bathroom crying. And I'm like, Oh my God, like, this is not even going to be like, I can't even embrace this. So my one friend, she said, you know, like my mom had to do radiation and she didn't lose her hair at first. So you should tell your doctor you want to do radiation and you won't lose your hair. So it's like, oh, perfect. I'm just going to walk in my doctor's office and tell him that I don't want to lose my hair. I actually just grew my roots out during the whole quarantine, got a new blonde, got hand ties for the first place. I'm like, I cannot lose this hair. I worked hard for this hair. I cannot lose <laughs> So I walked in and, you know, we, we chatted and I told me like came, you know, to like the treatment portion of the, um, of the appointment and he goes, you know, like, I really don't want you to do radiation because if you have lymphoma in the parts of your body that are close to any organs, you can have organs shut down. Or if you have it below your diaphragm, you cannot have kids later on because radiation like it's much more powerful than chemotherapy and it not, it will knock it out in like two rounds. But if it's close to my lungs, it could get lung cancer later on in life. If it's close to my neck, I could get thyroid cancer. I can get breast cancer. He's like, we don't want to do that. You're too young. I don't want to do that. We're going to have to do chemotherapy. And he looks at me, he goes, and you are going to lose your hair. That is one of the side effects. And I like mentally checked out. I was just like, like everything went blank in the room. He's still talking. I'm not listening to anything he's saying. Apparently there was a bunch of other stuff he went over. And my sister was listening in and kind of taking her notes. And when she reminded me like what he said, I'm like, I honestly did not hear anything he just said. So like, thank you for writing everything down. Cause like I wasn't, I was just thinking about my hair. And then it came to, so like whatever I got over and like the, 10 minutes after that, like, all right, I'm going to lose my hair, like time to move on in this appointment. What else do we have to tackle? And then when he, I mean, losing, telling someone that they're going to lose their hair is like very devastating. But then when it came to the, what I do for a living, he said, what do you do for a living? I said, I'm a hairdresser. He goes, um, so like, can we, can I tell you, you can't work during this time? And I said, no. There's no, there's no possible way you can tell me I have to stop working. So like that even devastated on top of me losing hair, I almost started crying. I said, my physical identity is about to take, about to get, you know, taken from me and my like identity as my like career. And I kept thinking of the two, 300 girls that I service throughout the year. I'm like, there's no way money-wise that I'm going to survive six months without working. And what am I going to tell 200 clients? Like, there's just no way. And my sister, I love her very much. And she was, she's been there for me 24 seven, because she made this stupid comment and said like, you can just do my hair during those six months. She has a level five virgin hair that she has never colored before. I was and gonna then, say, is she gonna pay you your rent so that you can? <laughs> like she just thinks maybe it's doing like a haircut. It's going to fill my cup. And I, she was on FaceTime because with COVID, I can only have one person in there at a time. So I picked my dad, and I like 
whipped my head around, looked at the phone. I said, stop talking, stop talking. And I had like a freak out right then and there. So my doctor was looking at me and he goes, okay, I was thinking maybe just like part-time, like one or two days. Is that okay? And I'm like, yes, that's fine. Like it, he saw my, like, obviously mental break, many mental breakdown right then and there. So it was that whole appointment was honestly the lowest point, probably like at that moment, I was just like, this is like, not how I thought that this was going to be everything that I wanted to do radiation, not going to happen. I have to do what he says. So I have to really come in terms. So as I was coming in terms with all that, that's when all the comments about the hair started coming through. So it was a lot on my plate. It was absolutely a lot on my plate. And even just like knowing I'm going to have to cut down of work half of the amount of time that was, that took over my life more than the actual, like losing my hair part. And once I got my schedule all set, then I had to come in terms about like the hair thing. So it was work and then hair were kind of like my biggest like weight on my shoulders the first like month I had to go through everything so it it's hard it was hard for sure I feel like stylists in general got a taste of not doing hair in 2020 right and I know that for me it was I didn't at first I'm like cool I get a break (laughs) you know and then as time passed on it was like wow like I'm a hairstylist. Like that is what I love. It, it, like you said, it fills my cup and it makes me happy to make other people happy. And it makes me happy to use my hands and it like all the things. And I mean, I think for somebody to tell you, like, you can't do that. I mean, again, we all got a taste of it in a very different way. Um, but I couldn't imagine, and especially if it's kind of, well, you get to side between your health or what you love and your passion. Yeah, he, I think that he, the first moment I met him and saw that breakdown, from that point on, he has been so understanding about my schedule. If I have to move a treatment because of work and he, he understands that. So I think like at first, I don't think he's ever had a client, like a, a like I'm saying a client, like on his hair, I'm like a hair. <laughs> I don't think he's ever had a patient like me. I don't think so because work is my life. He knows that. And I think that he was just like, wow, this is not going to be easy for her. So he got, he got real quick on like how I worked in terms of work and he has been so understanding. So I'm so thankful for that. And I think that, you know, in 2020, when we went through the pandemic, like everyone was not doing hair. So it kind of felt normal. So it was like, kind of like, I felt so singled out, be like, okay, well you, while you're all your coworkers are doing their clients, like you can't. So it was that reality of like, am I going to lose people to other people? And then of course the money situation like comes to hand, like, you know, you don't want to be out of, you know, money for that long. And like, I was afraid that I was going to lose clients. Like I felt like, that was probably also like the devastating part of it too. I really thought like I was going to lose my clientele after I lost a good part of it to the pandemic. Right. So it was like the other. And yeah, that was definitely, that ran through my mind real fast. Real, yeah. real. Well, like you said, with losing your hair too, like it's like that feeling of being alone, you know? And I didn't even think about the fact that we were all shut down together. And in this case, we're not. Yeah, that's a, that's a really good point. Yeah, it was it, every fear, horrible thing I have thought of during that time, for sure. Like it was just like, it was very, very devastating in all aspects of my life in terms of my identity, my profession, and like, yeah, of everything. Yeah, for sure. Do you feel like you've gotten past that or do you feel like you're still working on getting past it? I feel like I've definitely gone past it. I feel like when, so when I got diagnosed beginning of, um, it was like the last week of February. So March is like when I like had to go to the doctor the whole month I did not have insurance. So 
I had to get insurance within that month and it didn't kick in until April 1st. So I had a whole month to like the month of March was the realization of like, I need to know how to get through this. So then when I do start treatment, I have to be like my best self possible. So the month of March, you know, it was hard to like share with everyone. I rearranged my schedule. I let all my clients know once I posted on Instagram, I felt so much better. So I was supposed to go to love retreat that Elizabeth um, put on in Zion. And I couldn't go because it was so um, early in my diagnosis. My doctor's like, I don't want you flying because of COVID. So it's like, that was like so devastating to me. But I'm like, oh my God, like all my clients think I'm going away. I can't go to Starbucks down the street because I want to see my clients. I can't even go to the store without getting recognized in my town. So until I posted that post that I was diagnosed, I was, that was, I had a really hard time. And then once I let it out, I was like, wow, I feel so much better. Like now I can tell people, now I can answer any type of questions that my clients have. Any of my family members have questions, you know? So putting up that post, honestly, probably did uh, like a 180 in my upbeatness. Cause I want, I didn't, I felt like that weekend, I would have been like Rapunzel in my tower. Like I couldn't leave because I didn't want people to be like, okay, like, why are you here? Why are you not in Utah? Right. And like either lie or say like right then and there awkwardly in Walgreens, like, well, I have cancer and I couldn't like, you know, it's like, it's better to let it out. And my grandma did at first say like, don't put it on the internet. You don't want everyone knowing. I'm like, I don't want to keep it in. I just don't want to keep it in. She follows me on Instagram. So she's just like, I ain't going to put it on Instagram. I'm like, listen, I call her Mame. I'm like, Mame, I can't hide from this. This is going to be my life probably for the rest of my life. I'm going to have to deal with this. Like I have to let it out. So ever since that post definitely has gotten better with dealing with it for sure. And then after the first round, it got easier, way easier to deal with everything. So I think for that first month, it was all the realization and all the planning I had to do. Right. Definitely gotten a lot better. And once I shot for that first wig, man, it was realization that like I... I said it, hair love, like it was, I felt like it was happening to me, not for me. And as soon as I shot for that first wig, I was like, okay, this is happening for me. Cause I am a hairdresser. I can help women with this wig situation. So after that, even got even easier to kind of yeah. do. So I want to know what are the top three worst things that people said to you about losing yeah. your hair? So I have a, I actually, I'm close with this girl on Instagram. She went through breast cancer, chemotherapy, um, radiation, everything. She put up this, um, reel the other day and I was like, I should do a lymphoma losing hair on because it was on point. We were laughing about it. We're like, wow, this, some of the stuff that we heard is crazy. So, I mean, my favorite, like Oh, don't worry, you're a hairdresser if you lose your hair. So I'm like, mm, okay. What does that even mean? So I don't like, okay. So then my other favorite one is when clients or when people say, Oh, are you sure you're sick? You don't even look sick. And I'm like, I'm like, you want to see my port? Like, oh my god, to see my yeah, because yeah. So that was. That was great. Every time someone sits down, I'm like, why are you saying that to me? That's crazy. And like, oh, when I, when I have to take off of work, when I recover, sometimes people are like, well, it's like you're getting a mini vacation, but then I'm like, but I'm in bed, like throwing up. Right. <laughs> yeah. Vacation is that. So those are probably the top three that when I hear them say that I'm kind of like, um, like, do you hear yourself when you're talking? Like, do you hear like how insensitive that is? Right. Well, mm -hmm. I think that people are uncomfortable oh. talking about it. So for them, they're like, what is the thing that I can say that makes me feel more comfortable? You know? And it's like, you're right. It's so insensitive. I had read something a long time ago 
um, I had a couple of friends that like lost their children very early, like after they were born and I was reading something about it. And it was like, the worst thing you can do is like ignore the, them, like ignore it, ignore the issue, ignore, you know, whatever, like the best thing you can do is, you know, like say that sucks, you yeah. know, just straight up be like, oh fuck, that really sucks. And like, yeah. <laughs> you know, or say their name, you know, in that case, it would say the kids' names, whatever. But like, even with this, it's like, sometimes you just want people to go, man, that fucking sucks. How are you? Well, we learned hair love, just like hold space for me. Be like, tell me how you feel. And I don't know how I've never dealt with this. So I don't know how I'm going to make you feel better, but like, you tell me what you need from me and I'll do it. I think a lot of those people, like they never met any of that stuff maliciously, but like, I think that they don't like think that they're being insensitive, but they are, but like, I don't think anyone that make those comments has had a friend or family member that has went through that. So they don't know how to act around those kind of people. I have a client whose friend is going through chemotherapy right now. And I could see the shift from before her friend went through it and what she's going through now. And she's like, I understand 150 million percent more now because I know more about it from my friend. And she never said anything insensitive, but I could just see like, she was just like before, she was just kind of like agreeing with me, like, okay, yeah, like, how do you feel, blah, blah, blah. And now she's like, I under, now I completely understand what's going on because she has educated me. And I now know what to say. So I can feel the shift because she has went through, you know, that with somebody. And I think that is the number one issue with people. They have never been through it mm-hmm. with somebody. So they don't know how to act. And that's okay. I mean, I, before my mom got diagnosed, I don't know anything about cancer. Like I had no clue. I was definitely, I didn't know anyone who had cancer before my mom got diagnosed. So I think going through that, being so close with someone like your mom, like now I understand, like, it's a hard thing, no matter what kind of cancer you have, like, it's very hard. And I think that if you haven't went through it. Yeah. It, it could be hard to understand for sure. And that's the message I do want to get out to people that like, you don't have to know somebody, but you have to listen to people that are trying to tell you how to act. You have to listen to them and don't just assume only what you read online on Google. Like it's just, it's so different. You have to be able to speak to someone. So that's again, like why the mission is so great to me because like, once you understand you're going to, you're going to see in a whole different light. Right. What would you, if somebody's listening to this and they haven't had anyone in their lives, you know, have cancer or go through anything like this. And what would you say to them if this arised in their life? Like how, how could they come and support somebody that they love, a client, you know, anyone, um, what's the best way to go about that? just like, listen, listen to their fears. Don't when people are like, Oh, like you'll, you're fine. Like if you lose your hair because of what you do, like it's like, ask them, like, how do you feel about it? Like, how do you feel about this part of that's going to be affected in your life? Just like, listen, like what we say, like hold space for them. Just let them talk, let them all their fears, like pour out and then be like, how can I help you? through this because I have no clue what you're going through. So you tell me what to do and I'll do it. Mm -hmm. And just be like open to like the possibility that like at any given day, like I, like someone could just like need help randomly, like be there for them, their whole journey. Not just like when you do find out, like a lot of clients at first have said like, uh, like, let me drive you to your, you know, uh, doctor's appointments, still check up on me now. If, do you need anything? Do you need anything? Blah, blah. And I had a lot of people who said the first month, like I'm here no matter what. And then like, I don't really hear from them after. So it's like, if you really want to be there for someone, be there through the whole journey and even after mm-hmm. for sure. So just like, listen to them and be like, what can I do to help? Because whatever you need, I'm here for you. 
And it just makes people not feel like alone because that the alone aspect is what was the hardest, especially from my family, them not really understanding that not doing hair is not just not about doing hair. It's about like my life and my livelihood. And I feel like that is a perfect example of someone that's not holding space for someone that has to talk, that has to comment about like what they think that they're like, my sister probably thought like, okay, not doing hair is not going to be that big of a deal. Mm -hmm. So like I'll offer her to do my hair or something. And it was just like, it, it was just very insensitive and I felt alone. So not making someone feel alone is probably the best. I like advice I can give someone for sure. Isn't it interesting that if you are not in the hair industry, like you still have that, like, you're just a hairstylist. Like, it's so interesting to me. And I don't know if it's because like people like us who surround ourselves with like awesome, talented, know their worth hairstylists. We just assume everyone sees that too. And it's like, no, people still, oh, you just, just don't do, oh, you'll be fine. You get a little break. It's like, no, I don't want a break. Like, I love what I do. Like, what the fuck? (laughs) Pandemic, like, has taught us, like, do we really want to be in this industry? Like, not be able to do hair for seven months, able to do hair for five months, and then again taken away was probably even harder than, like, the first time during the pandemic. Because I'm like, fuck, I really want to do hair. Like, that is my life. So... Yeah, I mean, like, it's it's funny because, like, my, I come from a full family of hairdressers. My grandma, my great-grandma, two of my cousins, and my aunt, they all do hair. So they so, should all get it. I know. So they, so my grandma, it's so funny because he, he'd be, like, that kind of person to say something a little insensitive, just be the shady one. Like, they have no filter. But she said to me, which, like, stuck with me, she goes, no one is going to know how you feel because no one has ever lost their hair. So no matter what has anyone tell you, like, just ignore them. And I was just like, wow, Grams, like you really like pulled one out of the bag with that one. I'm kind of impressed because she is the whole like blaming on whoever, not blaming on herself, like whatever she says, I have no filter or whatever. But when she said that to me, I'm like, it's so right. You know, like she hit it right on the nail when it came to, I was like very impressed just because of her track record with her comments in her whole entire life. So I was very impressed and I was like, she gets it because she's a hairdresser. She works with a lot of elderly people. So a lot of them do have thin hair just because of their age. So I think like she has dealt with it in the salon because she works at a retirement community, like a nursing home. So she she gets, she's 82, she's still freaking rocking behind the chair doing all the elderly people and I think that's why she understands the most is because she has she has clients who have thinning hair and all that stuff um but that would be well my my family I mean they're just like we're here from you whatever but they have not I think they understood more about like the hair loss but I think they understood more about like me not working they're like we get it we so get it because we just went through that so they connected me on that level more right about that you know they did send me websites with like wigs well my client said that their mom but like they're so expensive so i'm like they're trying to help but like they're not thinking of the bigger picture of like i'm not working so i'm not, not making a lot of money so like thank you for like the three thousand dollar wig website but like i can't use it so just that. <laughs> being in that sense but i mean i didn't know anything about wigs or all this too now i'm like i feel like i'm going to be a wig ex- expert by the time <laughs> are you enjoying like wearing like being able to like pick which hair you want every day or is it kind of like ugh? So I am enjoying it, but when I first searched for the wig, I said this at Hair Love, to make myself feel sexy, I wanted 26 long platinum hair. And then when I looked it up and I was like, my God, $1,400. Oh my God. This is like devastating to me. I found a website that you buy wigs that are not colored. So I buy the wig 
and I color them myself. Oh. And like like 300 bucks or something, but I had to color it myself. So that's been, a, that's, and I always said for years and years and years, I wish I could take my head off my head and give myself a balayage. I'm doing that now. So like now I'm having fun with it, but it was not fun at first. It wasn't, it was dreading. Like, I don't want anything that's going to look like a helmet. I don't want anything that's going to look fake. All the good non-helmet real hair are expensive. Mm-hmm. And now I'm having fun with it because I'm finding websites where I can color it myself. So now I'm having a lot of fun with it. But at first, no, not so much. Now I am. That's cool though. I didn't even know that was a thing. Yeah, that's how people get those wigs and sell them like for triple the profit is because of this. Because right. buy them pre like not colored. And then they and it is a lot of work. My 26 inch like shadow room, like all that. It took all day to color. So oh, it I'm is sure. It's a lot of work, but it's that's been the most fun, I think, from this, from the wig thing. So when you finally decided to shave your head, I'm, I really, I love what you did with this because I remember seeing your post and I immediately was crying and I'm not like a big crier, but some things just always hit me a certain way. And, and, you know, the hair love community always gets me in general because it's just some, it's like no other community. And you decided to wait to shave your head at hair love because you knew that the support would be there. And I was like, fucking shit. I'm going to cry my eyes out, but it wasn't like that. It was a beautiful party. And, um, let's talk a little bit about that. Like kind of why you decided to go that route, like how you felt like all the things just go for it. (laughs) So I thought back, you know, like what, during the whole, like when I was shedding the first, like two times I like brushed my hair, clumps fell out. I was like, wow, this is like, it's starting now. Like I held on to my hair as long as possible for, they say, as soon as it falls out, shave it. And I said, I, but it still looks good. So I'm not going to shave it. So I like looked in the mirror one day, four months later, and I was like, it does not look good whatsoever. Like I can't even, I, I was like, I bought this cute baseball hat and I look like the Unabomber going to Walgreens. Like that, that <laughs> like plain baseball cap. And I was like, oh my God, like I can't, <laughs> I can't even wear the Unabomber hat and look cute. No. So I was like, I was about to shave it. And I said, nah, I can't, like, I am doing exactly what my mom did in the kitchen with my grandma, make it such a depressing feeling. Like I would have done it with like, it would have been nice with my cats there, but then I would have looked over to them. They would have just stared at me. I would have been like, okay, so what next? Like, I want, like, I wanted to be surrounded by love and be surrounded by people that would have made it more of a celebration. Mm -hmm. So I asked Elizabeth, they said, I know I'm thinking of shaving it hair love. Like it's coming to the point where like, it's does not even look good. And like with it being so stringy, I had to wear a cap with the wig and it hurt my head. It's tight that cap. Like, it's just like, I don't want, and then like hair stuck out if I like didn't wear the cap. So it was getting to the point where like, I can't even wear a wig without being super uncomfortable. So I knew it was time. And she all of a sudden like exploded. Oh my God, well, how do you want to do it? Do you want people around? Do you want it just me? Do you want like Maisie to be there? Do you want like only certain girls to be there? How do you want to see it? So I really thought about it. And I said, I want to like a party. I wanted a celebration. I want people around me that are going to make me feel like very positive about the experience. And like you said, like, there's no community like hair love. Like I knew from, from the year, two years before going to hair love, connecting with everyone in the community over the digital retreat, Instagram. And I'm like, these people are my people. So like, I need to be around them. And when I told her, I'm like, no, I wanted to like wait and shave my head because X, Y, and Z. It's like, well, now you have to speak to everyone about it because like now you have to share everything. And that made it even more exciting. And I was like, well, I get to like speak about it. That's so cool. Like she really made it like such an experience in such a fun way. And I knew doing it in front of everyone was going to be like, 
an experience, but I did not think it was going to be that cool of an experience. That was the coolest thing that I've ever experienced in my life. But I think speaking beforehand, I honestly, that was my favorite. I was afraid of public speaking before I went to the first hair love. I got shut down um, by education company because I was not ready to public speak. I was very nervous, said, um, every two words stutter. It was, I had, they had very good reason not to move me forward in that company. They did. And, but I didn't see it as at the time. I was, oh my God, I'm a failure and this and that and hair love overcame my public speaking fear. And after that, that's when my independent education, like really rised up. So I think that was even more special to me than actual shaving. Yeah. I got to speak on stage with a microphone at like in front of people. So I think that was the icing on top of the cake. It wasn't just like a shaving party. It was me coming full circle in my life. Right. Oh, that's beautiful. Like speak. I was like, Oh, hell, like this is literally like, it, it felt amazing to like share my story. And then I remember you said it like right after you're like, you have a hundred hairdressers here. You had the one non-hairdresser shave your head, Macy. And I was like, I didn't even realize, but you're so right. But I knew she was whispering sweets, nothing in my ear the entire time. That's like all the pictures I'm cracking up. Yeah. She's like, like you're so hot but like the whole time and it just like I knew like I want her to shave it I want Elizabeth to hold my hand I want everyone to be around me like that's exactly how I pictured it but I could not I can I can predict how I was going to feel until that moment and it was it was honestly the coolest thing that I think I've ever went through well, sure. in all honesty, it was like 105 degrees and I'm pretty sure that everyone was jealous. <laughs> I was like, me next. No way. Sandra's like, you were wearing this all day. And I was like, yes, I was. Cause I wanted cute pictures of me talking on stage. So like, I had the makeup, I had the wig, I had the hat. And I remember when I got mic'd up, I told the guy, I'm like, I stink. <laughs> Don't worry. I was like, all right, cool. Just, just want to put that out there before you come to go to my armpit. You know, like I was like all day, I wanted to look cute for that moment. And then after that, I was like, oh my God. I can wash my head and cool myself off. It felt amazing. So yeah, I was, uh, I was loving the taking the cap off and stuff like that. And it was much easier putting on the wig without the cap with the no hair. So I'm like that even too, just made myself like my head felt so much better. Not putting on the freaking cap. Like it's it's uncomfortable. So yeah, I felt, I felt amazing after. So talk to me a little bit about what you see for the future. Like, how do you want to incorporate this into education? Like how, what do you, what, what goals do you have um, as far as helping educate hairdressers and just people in general um, on hair loss? So I think um, making people aware of like, well, first, just like women that are losing their hair. Um, I had a girl reach out to me. I think she'd start following me either after one of my posts for um because at the start of every cycle I always post like cycle one two three four and and she must have found me through that or the hair love video and I talked to her last night and she's like people are telling me to shave it I'm not ready and I'm like the best advice I can give you is like you do it when you're ready and I want to make people aware that when they're losing their hair like each journey is different like a lot of people came to me and said like I, um, like as soon as you lose it, you should shave it. But I'm like that, but that's your journey. That's not my journey. So like, this is how I feel, why I wanted to shave it X, Y, and Z. So I want to make people aware as you're losing their hair that like everyone's different, you know, like do what you feel is best. I really want to help women, um, with the wig situation, because again, too, like I was devastated when I saw how much a good wig costs. So like, my goal is to have a nonprofit where anyone that is struggling financially, um, I can color a custom wig for them. They pay like the wig price and they get a wig and teach them like how to style it, all, all different stuff. So I really want to teach women like how to accept themselves 
as they're losing their hair and give them resources of what they're going to need um, to feel sexy and to feel like their old self because they're, again, they're going to feel like their identity is stripped from them. Um, so that's like my one part. And then like the second part is making hairdressers aware of like how to talk to their clients during the time of their clients or any family members going through that. Because I think like as hairdressers, yeah, like hair is our life, but like, it's also hard to like what we said before, it's hard to communicate when you don't know, when you're not educated on like how to talk to anyone that's losing their hair. So kind of just make it like really aware, like really get into like the psychological aspect of it. So I, I'm talking to a few women, just like as their experience as they're losing their hair. So I can kind of get um, feedback from them, like what their experience was. So I honestly, like, I don't know, like how I'm going to get the message out. Like I'm thinking maybe doing a podcast, explaining it and hopefully get to like speak at lectures and like speak on like, I think like the podcast theme is going to be like the inner beauty. Like how do we as people find our inner beauty if we're losing it physically? So I think like exploring um, that, I think that's going to be kind of like my chapter in like the hair loss awareness and helping women deal with this. I love that. I don't know. I feel like doing a class on hair loss and like, or an event, like I, I would have to like tackle it different and go into the hair love mastermind in a few weeks. I'm literally going to give Elizabeth my notebook, be like, how do I implement this stuff? Cause I'm just not sure how I'm going to do it. So I think like doing this podcast, like doing like, just kind of getting the word out there and then like having me be an outlet where like women can come to me, be like, can you like, having people tell me like what I can do to teach. Cause I don't know like how people are going to want to hear this. I don't know if people are going to want to hear it live. They're going to want like YouTube video. I don't know how I'm going to do it because I don't know what people, how people are going to like, they need to get this information out. So like to be continued on like how it's going to get out. But those two goals are really like my main goals on top of so much color education I want to do in 2022 and like do like just like more like self-care and all that stuff so kind of tying in everything with that I absolutely love that I actually have some ideas for you but we'll talk later (laughs) um talk a little bit about your color education so I yeah after the last hair love that the two hair loves before like I was just like I need to independent educate I love doing balayage like balayage is my thing I'm self-taught Um, I know all the tips and tricks, um, what to do not to mess up because I have messed up throughout the first year I've tried balayage. So like I really concentrate on balayage and just like communicating with like clients and like how to get like the consultation right on the nose. So like, I love teaching just like balayage and color to new stylists. That's like my thing. Like it's very, like I teach very. I don't want to say like basic courses, but the fundamentals on just like basic balayage and foiling. Cause I did not have that, have that kind of help when I first started, I started almost 13 years ago. So there was no Instagram, there was hardly YouTube. And I went through the first like three years of my career, not really having a mentor in terms of color. So I love teaching, um, like newcomers and people that like need help with social media and everything. Like people that are just starting out, like that's who I love to connect with. Um, so yeah, I like, I 2022 is gonna be, I'm gonna do a lot more classes, a lot more programs. And I'm like super excited because I wanted to do that in 2021, but everything got pulled on, put on hold because being sick, I was just like, oh my God, I had this like, meeting with this girl I used to work with went to high school together. And I like sat her down and be like, I need like an assistant. I need someone that's going to be there to like tape my media. That's going to keep me on track. Can you be that for me? Yeah, I can be that for you. And then two months later I got sick. So I told her the other day, I was like, we're picking up right where we left off once I am done recovering. And she's like, yeah, I'm here for it. Let's do it. So I have 
so many plans, like online education, Zoom classes, in-person classes. And I'm like super excited to like implement everything and actually do it. 2020, I was like, I want to do all this stuff. And then like pandemic happened. 2021, I like had the plan. It was great. But then I got sick. So I feel like if like, it's now or never, like I had the adrenaline and the momentum going. And now I'm like, nothing better happen in 2022. Right. Do this stuff. I need to get this stuff done. I think we're all going to give up if, <laughs> if it continues next year. God, I'm going to be like, what the heck is the universe trying to tell me? Yeah, exactly. Um, so, okay. So first of all, where can people find you? So my Instagram handle is Laura Mac does my hair on Instagram. Um, I'm in the process of redoing my website because everything is super, super old because I haven't looked at it in like five months. So um, Instagram is the main thing, main source that they can find me at. And I post stuff all the time and start posting a lot on color education and everything. And hopefully after the new year podcast will come out it'll be the resources on there too. Awesome. So I have started ending this podcast with a new question, the same question for everyone. Um, so this is the last question of the day. Are you ready? ready? So what quote unquote failure are you the most thankful for? Who? I think losing my hair. Yeah. I think that is the most, I think before it was the most devastating thing, but I think that's the most beautiful thing that has happened to me is all the stuff that came from it. So yeah, shaving my head and being patchy as hell on my head, the most devastating thing that happened in my life. Now I'm the most thankful for. I love that. Lauren, you're amazing. You are a kick-ass human being. You're brave. You're funny. You're beautiful. You're all the things. Um, and I'm happy to know you. So love you. thank you for coming and sharing your story. And I know that this is just the beginning for you. Thank you so much. Thank you so much for letting me be on this. You're my first podcast sharing all this stuff. So I know it's hey. just well, you're welcome back anytime. And we could talk about it as many times as you want. <laughs> Bye, Lauren. Once again, thank you so much for listening to Backroom Beauty Talks. It's um, people like Lauren that really keep this thing going. Um, and it's the conversations that uh, we're not hearing enough and we need to start opening up a little bit more. So Lauren, thank you so much for coming on and sharing your story. Thank you so much for listening. If you like what you heard, please screenshot this episode, post it on the gram, tag me, tag Lauren. Uh, let's open up this conversation a little bit more and I will talk with you on the next one.